Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the shutdown full cast. An emotional shutdown full cast. One of a despair carried lightly and yet heavily at the same time across the moors of Old England. That was the cure variation of the shutdown full cast theme. That was sent to us by listener Corey. Uh, thank you very much, Corey. If you have a SoundCloud, uh, let us know. We'll drop a link to it in these tweets. Uh, and thank you for for introing us this week because we are the cure for the common podcast. Wow. College football's only podcast, the brainchild of, I don't know, several people who have to combine to have a brain at BannerSociety.com. I mean, we work at Society, but this show is y'all's fault. All of yours' fault. No, and- I mean you and Jason, not the audience. It's true. Although consider this, we spend the better part of 11 months conspiring, cooking up things that we don't think can happen in college football. And then rivalry week comes along and they all come true. And we did that, Jason. I feel pretty good saying that. Yeah, I think uh, it, it, it was a couple months ago when the college football a uh, producer came to us and said, Hey fellas, we need, we need a script, you know, and we sat down and we said, okay, 
So we have a few ideas for the Iron Bowl. Um, like we'll, we'll just you know we don't obviously we don't have to do all of these, but like let's say uh, Bama doesn't just miss a field goal. Like we've seen that a billion times. Yeah. Let's have Bama like doink a field goal and like a late one. You know, like very very critical crucial. Um, we've seen Bama throw a pick six before. But let's let's do like two of them and like one in the end zone off like the butt of Bama's best player for a hundred yards. What if we Bama did that? Butt. Yeah. 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 Let's also have that be like the third most embarrassing thing that happens during that game. Yeah. There and were- and then like and then like toward the end, let's have uh the greatest college football coach of all time like forget how to count, you know, maybe and be outwitted by uh, a high school guy. And and we're and you know you know we went to the producer we we're like okay so like which of these ideas do you like because you know we'll write that one and, and he he looked at us and he said give me all of them. He said you're crazy. We you said my this, my god. Turn this into the turn this into the fan service portion of football <laughs> end game right like yeah Cap is gonna pick up the hammer and, and then Nick Saban's gonna do all the mistakes in one game. This is this is the Iron Bowl written by Reddit. This is also this was the Egg Bowl written by Reddit. I, I, <laughs> the Egg know? Bowl written by uh, yeah a specific subreddit. <laughs> <laughs> one, one, one of the ones you, you want to avoid generally. You can't check at work, right? One of the <laughs> ones they're like, yeah, we had to come back with a name that was spelled with an e on the end or like a slightly different spelling because they banned us the first time. Yeah, this is the Egg Bowl written by a Discord, and I know what dis rhymes with. <laughs> are you? I, are, <laughs> Are you are you over eighteen? Are you sure you want to proceed to sure you our egg this? bowl? <laughs> everything, everything this rivalry re- rivalry weekend was a more extreme and or comprehensive version of a thing that we previously thought was the most extreme version. Good job, college football! Like big pats on the back all around. I raise a leg to you. <laughs> wow. Rivalry week is wonderful. I mean, even if you get exactly what you expected, Michigan, Washington State, or you get uh, the thing you've hoped for forever, Virginia. Virginia. Auburn, kind of. Oklahoma, even if you get the, your, uh, your, your locked-in birthright yet again. Yeah, remember, Bedlam, anything can happen. And it does. Yeah, over and, and over. Over and over. over Same and over thing. And over. over and over again. I I want to go ahead and address any further podcast business that we have. I don't know if I feel like I can sing a little like How about the injury version of podcast business? Because it is Black Friday weekend. That sounds like a second line for me. Business. Suck that capitalist tiger dick. Respectfully, (laughs) respectfully, because it's the injury variation. Yeah, you don't want to hurt it. Yeah, cradle it. You want to cradle it. We want to cradle it and be respectful to the troops and to the injured people on the field. Like you're putting it on a gurney. (laughs) (laughs) As the protagonist of the crossbow story said, my dick was on its deathbed. You're putting it in an air cast. <laughs> the, I thought they call me Bubble Boy. 
we want to thank everybody who uh, supported our sponsors by uh, and by sponsors we primarily mean home field apparel because uh, it turns out that if you send them something and they're your sponsor and you say hey will you put this idiot drawing on a shirt they say sure yeah or if you send them a really nice drawing because a lot of our designs are done by ryan you'll notice ryan's not here tonight he is double booked um he's helping papn tonight who um uh, they have some things to discuss. <laughs> the entire PAPN, uh, the minute that Matt Luke at Ole Miss got fired, just went on, went on, you know, a DEFCON alert level previously unseen. Uh, uh, all right, I shouldn't say previously. The last time we saw it was when Hugh Freeze left his job two years ago and Ole Miss switched jobs again and switched coaches. That is where Ryan is. I'm Ryan, I miss calling him Lat Nuke. I can't believe they're going to have to hire somebody who has three biblical names mm. to make him unfireable, right? Matt Elijah as Luke. Action, as our friend Action Cookbook said, well, they got to go after John Mark. Yeah, John Mark, Matt Luke. I think you go get first, second, and third, John. Oh, my God, he's going to go become a detective. Matt Luke. Solid geriatric crimes for Christ. How many... Uh, Hope he's better at that than he was at the other thing. What's your record in court? Ah, you know... Little under half of my cases, I went around that, but it's not fair because I don't get to use I don't get to use everything because I've been sanctioned. That is that is where Ryan is. Ryan is actually also too good at graphic design anymore to plead amateurish ignorance about some of his designs. That's because they're good. I sort of think Ryan should just become a graphic designer at one point in his life because. Uh, he's actually quite good at it, and it is his passion. So thank you to everybody who did that, because I, I think you terrified Homefield. I think that they have to hire new people. I think that they are now, I'm going to put them as the third largest apparel producer in Indiana. Yeah, the last time I talked to, uh, the last time I talked to our buddy Connor over at Homefield, I, I said, how's it going? And he just laughed weakly. So good job, y'all. You did it. The, who's, the, who's the largest apparel company in Indiana? I, I thought about this heavily. One, the person who makes Jim Ursay's evening shirts. I'm uh-huh. going to throw in a vote for whoever makes a drum corps uniform. Yeah, that's the other one. Band uniforms. Is it like um, whoever makes Indiana Pacers shorts that they wear <laughs> in like 35 degree weather? <laughs> well, they're not even really shorts though, right? They're so long. Extend like, sure. you know, I, w- I wear shorts when it's 40 degrees outside. They're down to your ankles. Well, and like, I, I, I would imagine that Indiana is a good 20 years behind. So like big shorts are still cool. Big shorts are the coolest, man. Do you know how many jewels you can keep in like the big shorts? Yes. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> I live in Kennesaw. We know these things. The, uh... Jason, what else you got in podcast business before we sail on into <clears throat> Ravelry Week? Well, generally, in, in terms of, of promo zone material, uh, I did a blog this past week that was very fun, uh, very very fun and enjoyable to work on and create uh, every, not every, but every Division One Rivalry trophy that I've been able to track down as cataloged, sorted, valued by a uh, knockoff Fallout RPG merchant. Uh, it was a fun blog post. Also, just wanted to note that among other things that we will be updating at the end of the season, 
Um, a couple by me are the ones that we take the preseason AP rankings and find the most overrated and underrated team from each season ever uh, this year. Texas, you're in really good shape to appear on one of those lists. Uh, I'm going to let you guess which one. And Baylor is probably your favorite for most underrated team of the year. We'll see how they finish out. But just wanted to check in on those real quick. Yeah, where's Texas A&M in that? Well, I mean, they're, they're a tricky one because in the AP poll, they were definitely overrated. They were not more overrated than Texas because their schedule was so much harder. Texas did not have to play Bama, Clemson, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. A&M, it turned out pretty overrated, but it was weird because Vegas nailed them just fine. And most smart Aggie fans online knew this was not going to go great. But the AP poll, for some reason, was very high on him. Yeah, Jimbo, Jimbo was probably right, right? He was with the money in Vegas. He's like, talk to me, big pile of money. Talk to me. Jim, Jimbo, was, <laughs> Jimbo was right, because Jimbo made $7.5 million. That's right. Oh, hello. I would like to break in at this point and deliver some math that was performed last night in our, sorry, Saturday night. In our Banner Society open Slack, uh, we were we were discussing the amounts of money that were being made by Jimbo Fisher uh, based off of a tweet that had uh, that had tried to work out based on the yards that Texas A and M was gaining last night, uh, how much Jimbo was making per yard uh, of those of those tiny little sharings and. I'm just going to pull out some of some of my favorite bits. Uh, the original tweet was from user Tribe of Badgers uh, informed us that Jimbo's getting $625,000 per regular season game on his contract. At the moment, uh, A&M has, nine, this is big game, A&M has 19 yards, meaning he's getting paid $32,894 per yard tonight. And then uh, our friends in the Banner Society Open Slack were kind enough to tell us that a barrel of oil currently costs about $55. So that's roughly 600 barrels of oil per yard uh, or a Ford F-150 XLT per yard uh, if, you're, if you're a Ford kind of thing. Uh, this is also the income of three poverty-stricken individuals in the United States. Poverty thresholds are uh, updated every year by the Census Bureau in 2015. In the U.S., the poverty threshold for a single person under 65 was an annual income of U.S. $11,770. Uh, so Jimbo made three of those people's livelihoods per yard. Uh, also, at 2000 a pop, you could get 16 American Kennel Club Championship Rough Collie puppies per yard. Uh, you could also get a world's most expensive dessert per yard. That's that creme brulee that's sprinkled with gold and still have plenty left over to leave a $7,000 tip. Uh, when Texas A&M advanced to 36 total yards, that money dropped to $17,361 per yard. Spencer, do you want to go ahead and look up where they ended up? Uh, and at that point, Jimbo could have bought over 60 uh, of those Neiman Marcus gold penguin decanters that everybody likes to yell at in the most expensive gift guides. Uh, a couple more yards, and he was able to get himself a whole Wagyu cow, 
per yard, or my favorite from the Twitter user Brian IRM, one pregnant dromedary camel per yard. Turns out those go for about fifteen grand. So what you're what you're saying is that Jimbo Fisher is. I'm saying Jimbo's rich. That's all I'm saying. Also, that Jimbo Fisher has now created basically a new economic indicator in the King Ranch Index, right? Mm-hmm. The, the F-150 King Ranch Index, which is converting your salary and overall economic well-being into units of truck. Yes. Yeah. Which is something I think that, you know, Jimbo would understand because I'm sure he does that too. He's like, I don't know. How, how much I got to pay? How much I got to pay them this month? How many? Is that? Oh, that's like eight. Eight eight point five King Ranches. Okay, Kings Ranch. Please. Kings. I'm sorry, Kings Ranch. <laughs> Jason, we did talk about an Iron Bowl that I really want to call either Iron Bowl Endgame, right, or Iron Bowl like Mecca Iron Bowl, like the Ironist Bowl, the Irony Bowl, the Irony Bowl. Oh, I'm sorry. We already had a suggestion uh, via Twitter for the honky tonk padonka doink. <laughs> oh, we're naming this game. We're naming the 2019 Iron Ball. Yeah, yeah. That was just the that was the highlight of the the many wonderful suggestions uh, that I saw rolling in via Twitter user Cramp Bailey. Thank you, Cramp. I was going to suggest seeing the way it ended with too many. Bama guys on the field. Nick Saban very mad about it. We could just call it 12 Angry Men. Mm. I like that. Yeah. We had a we had a kick six. We could call this the the pick 12. Pick pick any 12 guys and send them all out, all out there at once. Yeah, leave the 12th man to Texas A&M, Bama. Yeah, they're going to sue you. Yeah, I call, I call it the Fakers Dozen. Call it the yeah, Nick, yeah. Nick 12. <laughs> I love I mean, that Bama, which Wait, has, I'll call it the 12. Sorry. <laughs> the 12 what? Oh, I was going to say the 12 players of Nick's net. Uh-huh. Dang. Sorry. That was a snit everybody saw. That was as snitty as I've seen him. Like, it's been a while since I've seen him turn that color that makes me fear for a circulatory system. I haven't seen him turn that color since Spurrier's in the league. Yeah. I mean, I there is a shade he I'm turns. I'm sorry. Since Hugh Freeze was in the league the last time, maybe. <laughs> Chad Kelly might have made him make that face. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Twice. Everyone saw. Yeah. I haven't seen Nick that mad in a real, real long time. Like, the kind of, like a cardiologist gets excited when he sees somebody that color because he's thinking, ah, that's big money right there. That's a blockage. blockage. It's very funny to me that um, Alabama, which is so bad at counting as far, you know, they have multiple fraudulent, made up, fabricated, invented, fictional national title claims that are on the books. Mm-hmm. And here they are missing out on uh, another one because they can't count. It's pretty good. That's just pretty good stuff. I, I, there is a phrase that Nick Saban used in the postseason in the the post game presser, which was that he thought the final play was unfair. <laughs> that it was. I'm sorry. I guess I was just 
you know, it, we were raised in different eras, and I guess that I was just raised to believe in personal responsibility uh, in a way that Coach Saban was not. Typical boomer. Mm. Typical boomer. Just you hate to see it. Just expecting life to be fair. It, it is typical of his generation, a generation that had uh, everything handed to them by the virtue of, of large government organizations set up to prop up people just like them. Uh, that he, but that's how that's how you get this kind of entitled me first culture, you know, expecting things to go your way. Snowflake behavior, seeing a punter at wideout and not being able to process what's <laughs> what's happening. Yeah, I do want to point out though that at the end of the game, Auburn's wide receiving core was so banged up going into the game and in even worse shape after said game that seeing the punter at wide receiver. It might have been, might have been, you know, like it might have been part of not a plan, but it could have been out of sheer necessity. Oh, like, because... yeah, like Bama looks over like, oh, they got a little white guy number 90 out there. I guess that's, <laughs> I guess he's next man up. Yeah. I mean, what does Gus Malzahn know about passing, right? That's probably what they thought. <laughs> yeah. They just thought, no, I don't, he doesn't. He doesn't I'm sure that they said, no, he's probably trying some high school bullshit. And then they said, oh, fuck, he's doing some high school <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> You know I loved this- in uh, Al- Alex Kirshner wrote like the definitive article on this. He got it up at 1230 a.m. Eastern, of course, because he's Alex Kirshner. Um, and my favorite thing is as we were going through this uh, last night, like we came to a moment where we realized what Saban wanted was for like Saban wants a rule that when the punter comes onto the field, he has to be carrying a sign that says, I am the punter and I plan to punt like that's discriminatory to think that a punter can't do anything but punt. Like what if the punter wants to play wide receiver? Can he not ever do that in Nick Saban's world? Mm-hmm. That's just unfair. And, and also, it's not right to pigeonhole people like that. And not for nothing, but y'all got 48 GAs. You can't have one looking out for an all rise special teamer. Well, now they got 49 GAs because there's one guy who's just going to look at the other team's punter for, <laughs> for four hours. I've hired you to just stare at the punter. Whoever this is will be the head coach at Tennessee in 2022. Matt Luke, your new job is staring at punters for four hours a week. (laughs) On it, coach. Yes, sir. You'll be fine. Even Sark could do this one. Ten Hut, yes, sir. The The high school bullshit label in comparison is so fitting because it was like Nick Saban was exposed to high school math and said, oh, God, this is some high school math. Wait, I forgot how to do high school math. It's like if you tried to take the SAT now. Gus hit him with that common core. Yeah. <laughs> he just, he hit some basic trig on on there. You know, well, I, like, guess, ah. I guess Coach Saban doesn't know how to do squares and triangles and shit. Yeah. Wait a second. What does tan mean? What does cost? Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, I'm Texas- from in Arkansas. The letter C is a number. I guess Nick didn't know about that. <laughs> That's a pretty good muzzle. Uh, I like that, that very much. That and that and this. I also knew that the game was over the minute that Auburn got a second back on the clock. Oh no! Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Done. And Saban was having a fit. And when <laughs> and when Anders, why? And, why? It, weird. And when Anders Carlson hit a 52-yarder with one <laughs> second left. This is, by the way, Anders Carlson, who during the old Miss game couldn't hit the broad side of a barn and was missing layup field goals. 
He strolls into the Iron Bowl and goes four for four from Jupiter. He's going <laughs> Phil Mickelson. Bombs. <laughs> bombs. <laughs> bombs. All day. The plan is bombs. Just Folks, me. I would like to propose that Gus has been taking him <laughs> just for this express. <laughs> I love it. Yes, I love it. He had because a- I, you know, this, I mean, in order to, anyway, this this will come back around anyway, the notion of coaches scheming all season just to make other coaches actually insane. Okay, yeah, Andre, so I want you to go out there and kick it at a 45-degree angle. It'll pay off later. I want you, got it, coach. You, you gotta wear the you gotta wear the special weird shoe. Yeah, that shoe weighs seventeen pounds. <laughs> you gotta wear an elf shoe. An elf shoe, yeah. He had him he had him kick with like a forty pound shoe all season, <laughs> just so that when it came to the iron bowl, he could hit a forty yarder like it was a twenty yarder, right? Like, coach, this is amazing. I'm limitless. <laughs> <laughs> now in this uh this a little too poetic field goal. Did Bama have a guy back standing other, under the end zone? I forgot to look. I do not believe they did, no. <laughs> what a failure. <laughs> Attention to detail, Nick. God damn it. <laughs> I bet Nick thinks that's also unfair, unsporting, and high school bullshit, right? <laughs> Why would yeah. you do that? I don't really want to think about what happens if that kick falls short. <laughs> also, Nick Saban has a learning disability, but only when it comes to special teams. It's great. Maybe so, yeah. I'm convinced he does not understand it. Like, this is the one thing. The man understands the minutia of football to a degree that maybe only two or three other people on the planet do. And yet, there is a hole in his brain where field goal kicking and special teams should be. I think we were saying this just uh, I think we were saying this just last week, or it could have been on one of the disaster episodes. The many disaster episodes that I was replaying, they're now available on Spotify via our disaster episodes only playlist. But the thing that tickles me the absolute most about how much this keeps happening is that it's one single element of his game that he's missing. It's the most replicable element of the game. (laughs) And you should be able to do it over and over again and more than any other part of this incredibly complex, convoluted game. Expect the same results, and they can't. And that's beautiful. He is a superhero, right? And this goes for Alabama, the team bolded in his image as well that he is a superhero who does not file his taxes and cannot remember to, right? Just like, yeah, I'm I'm Superman. Yeah, I do stuff. I can fly. Basically like like swole Jesus. But man, I'm in trouble with the IRS. Oh, like Batman pays taxes. (laughs) Lego Batman is on the record as not paying taxes. Batman pays zero dollars in taxes. We all know this. Remember, Batman's kryptonite is the IRS. Batman's money's all offshore. I love that the only difference between Nick Saban and Bill Belichick is that, like, like they, you know, they could sit down and talk about some extremely minute detail of a cornerback's foot movement for, like, eight hours, and then Belichick says something about punters, and Nick says, Bill, what the fuck is that? You know? yeah. And Belichick's like, oh, I have 18,000 theories about punt angles, and, you know, I, I hire left-footed punters because it comes down 1% weird. You know, and like Nick's just like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, Bill. Yeah, Bill takes like, well, I'm going to tell you about Dutch Radley, great punter slash accountant for the 1938 Wilmington Giants. He's an outstanding player. <laughs> I know because I murdered him. His life ended in my hands, as all great players do. This I is when Belichick this is when Nick perks back up. Yeah, he's like, oh, you, you lost him with the punch shit, but now you're talking murder. Murder. Hmm? <laughs> 
<laughs> just Nick Saban traveling across Arkansas this summer, trying to bomb Gus Malzahn's car and failing over and over and over again. I, don't act, uh, don't act like that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know I, that Gene Hackman Denzel Washington movie about boats? Can you be more specific? Well, I thought the Crimson Tide was supposed to be good at subs. Huh? Woo! Huh? Woo! I, I did enjoy the the meme that Jonathan Martin of the New York Times shared that was the lady yelling at the cat and the lady saying, we didn't have Tua. And the cat going, well, yeah, you did. You had Tua many men on the field. <laughs> 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 That's the best, like, Cracker Barrel country whiplash joke. This assholes of all of us, and I love it. Oh, God. And play every Iron Bowl in Jordan Hare. All of them. Mm. That's a every great idea. Every last one of them. Only if we remember that every time people get stuck in the hedges, it has happened before. <laughs> this, this. I, don't, I think that you know. I, I was the only person on online who was irritated by this, but y'all, it, it's only funnier if we remember that it keeps happening. Every yeah, time it happens, it's funny. But the let the humor multiply by remembering it has happened before. The lady of the hedges. They say you can hear her on a quiet night, stuck in the bushes forever. Her love gone cold in the middle of the night, lady of the hedges. Kaylee Beth, get over here. I done turned my ankle. I love that every two years we send another search party in to try to drag people out. (laughs) Try to drag somebody's Aunt Patsy out the bushes. Well, I guess we'll try again in two years. Send some of those Auburn dogs in. No, too valuable. Too valuable. Send a bird in. Yeah, send. Why, why don't you go? Why don't you just go ahead and send Gus in there? It's all right. It's a fire Gus week. Send him in. I think yeah, Gus, the the, the, the <laughs> I joked that her name was Kaylee. No, it, she's a little old for a Kaylee. No, I, I, she's on Twitter and she has a video from her perspective of her. Wait, going that was into her. The, I thought that was the daughter. No, that's no, that's uh, her name. Actually, I joked that her name was Kaylee. This young woman caught. Jumping into the bushes. By the way, what's her actual name? Haley. What the fuck? Yeah, her name's Haley, and she is okay. She is okay. Now, if you saw her, if you saw her dive into bushes as if she were jumping into water Haley, off a pontoon boat. Cast. <laughs> there are a couple of things that happen to her. One, she realizes that bushes are not, in fact, just soft. They're kind of mostly empty space filled with harsh twigs and pointy, sticky leaves right the also, second thing you gotta remember is that those particular bushes have been through a lot mm-hmm. and they're not here to put up with your shit yeah the third thing is when she dives off of the edge of the wall between the stands and the field uh, I think she's realizing that this might be a move that when you were 11 years old was done effortlessly and that when you are anywhere over 20 years old Gravity takes a little different tack. It's a little harder. Jumping's a little harder on your body <laughs> because there's a kind of crumpling effect when she hits. And yeah, Jason, people go into the bushes all the time and Thank they get you. stuck Thank in the hedges, you. right? And that makes it funnier when you remember it. This one, though, the person filming this on their phone and the internet zooms in on her trapped face for a second. So you see her like Homer Simpson stuck in the bushes just... It's been a minute since we've had a real good human condition. 
like, there it is. <laughs> and the video from her perspective, you could just hear her going, hey, hey, get me out of here. She kind of sounds like Toad in Super Mario World. Hey, if you come to these bushes, I'll give you a Tanuki suit. Just wanted to get another look at you. <laughs> yeah, Auburn fans also took souvenirs as if they were playing a road game from <laughs> from their home hedges, which I love that. Like, hey, I'm not even going to ask because, you know, it's my house, right? Your house? Your house is my house, so I'm just going to have a beer. I'm I, take- well, what I seen it was this 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 twig was in Alabama, and fuck you, Alabama. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. I hate that place. Yeah. Where do you, where do you live? Auburn. Auburn. <laughs> Auburn. That's different. <laughs> It's, it's a it's it's a self governing province. It's like Sparta with a Lowe's. It's, it's, a, it's a separate city state. Opelika does sound like some place that was demolished on the way to the Battle of Thermopylae. It sounds kind of Greek, doesn't it? Right, Barners. What is your profession? <laughs> Fucking things up. Fires Xerxes. Also, I do excellent civil engineering work. If you need help with that, I'm also I'm very well trained in that. But hey, I'm also here just messing things up. <laughs> yeah, the Greeks had some fucked up religions too. Except most, except the the whole "this is Sparta" thing. Hey, let's go run around in our drawers and sink some boats. <laughs> it's made. Hey, Pad Dye, Pad Dye lost a pair of pants in the lake. You know why? He was pushed into it by troops, by the Persians. <laughs> he's fighting Xerxes. That's he's, fighting, he's fighting Xerxes, a guy who he owed money. Xerxes Williams is a friend of mine. <laughs> that is the most Auburn running back name I've ever heard of. Xerxes life. Williams. <laughs> Please sign this kid. <laughs> yeah, they flipped him from LSU late. Yeah. <laughs> his, his middle name would be like Doodoo or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Xerxes Poo Poo Williams. The fourth. <laughs> the fourth. <laughs> God, I. Oh, I, I there are several teams who I've loved this year more than ever before because I think, I don't know, spiritually, I'm finally on a wavelength where I can really understand what they're about, right? And it's this one, I, I love Auburn because at all points, like I said, Sometimes they kick the guy into the well, and sometimes they try to kick the guy into the well and do a flying backflip into the well, right? Usually taking someone else with them, not the person they intended to kick. Either way, it's great for us. It's just, it's, it's, if my actual fortunes as a sports fan relied on a consistent performance from them, I'd throw myself into the nearest wood chipper. However, (laughs) I've managed to insulate my life from that pretty well. At a distance, it's an absolute joy to watch, especially when the primary loser in Auburn successes is Alabama football. Yeah. I'm just warm my hands by this crackling fire of hateration. <laughs> I hate, I, I will take, I can't take it away from Mac Jones, though. He threw six touchdowns Saturday night. Immaculate, all of them. Immaculate. And Matt Culette. Two of them went two of them went for Auburn. Yeah. But you know, the Lord give us and the Lord taketh. No, I don't listen, of everything that went wrong last night and these things, they were myriad. Uh Mac Jones can acquitted himself rather beautifully. He did. He made a couple of big mistakes and then just came right back. 
and I thought played really, really well. He just also, he got, he, he decided I, I was going to fall into the spirit of the game. Not remembering that when you decide to go full Iron Bowl, sometimes you get a little Auburn in your bloodstream. And there's not much more Auburn than throwing a hundred yard pick six and throwing another one that went straight to an Auburn defender for six points the other way. I love how if this happens to any other team, we say like, okay, well, there's some context here. There's two touchdowns and two field goals that were extremely unsustainable and blah, 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 blah. If it's Bama, just fuck you. Get your sorry asses out of here. (laughs) Next. (laughs) Context. I don't know what that means. I don't know her. You know, you don't need context, right? I think that's the thing is you go, if Alabama says, well, all the following things happen, which are very un- yeah. <laughs> it's They are the billionaire that you're waiting to catch on the desert island, right? <laughs> oh, is it time to talk about Clemson? Is it? Is it time you, to talk about these online Clemson fans? Is it, time to talk, is it time to be prayer warriors for Clemson? Yeah, yeah, because if, if uh, speaking of incredibly angry uh, rich men whining about fairness, uh, let's talk about the saddest and most downtrodden coach in America today. It's not Matt Luke. Nope. It's not Hugh Freeze in mm-hmm. whatever supine position he may be coaching from right now. Uh, boys, it's not even Barry Odom, who apparently managed to game of telephone himself into his own firing. Uh, no, it, it's, it's Dabo Sweeney, the coach of the reigning national champs, uh, who just completed an undefeated regular season and who haven't lost a game since, if I'm not mistaken, January 1st, 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, nobody believes in that guy, it turns out. This is not a one. Uh, no. Best illustrated by in the top whatever newsletter, which was very fun. Uh, another fun thing that was fun to work on Saturday night. Spencer and Alex invented the tiny hater who lives in Dabo's ear, <laughs> who is the source of all this bullshit that comes out of Dabo's mouth. He can't help it. He's hearing the things that this tiny little little cynic is spewing in his ear about how everyone hates Clemson. And Dabo believes it. Dabo's a trusting man. And that, that's how he comes up with all these notions about we're going to drop Clemson to number 20 for, <laughs> for beating South Carolina and so forth. I mean, South Carolina does have an impressive win on its resume, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. South Carolina beat Georgia. That's true. With their third string quarterback starting in Athens, right? in Athens, after after Helinski goes out, they on the road. They're down to their third string starter, and nevertheless, in in true Gamecock fashion, with the assistance of one of the great game managers of our time, Will Muschamp, they come back to win over. Georgia. Can I talk a little bit about Georgia for a second? Uh, Let's put you down for 30 seconds. Okay. 30 seconds. I want like 30 seconds after that because I have a specific thing I would like to praise. Uh, You know what? I'm going to seat my 30 seconds because we are on the same wavelength and you... You're, you're loaded for bear on this. I'll okay, try. so this is not General Georgia complaining, so this gets all no. the time it needs. No, in fact... Oh, okay, terrific. Ear, earmark this. We're going to say something positive about Georgia. Yeah, okay. So a, a Georgia player... Uh, Spencer, who was it? Pickens, Pickens wide receiver. Uh, Pickens, while in a, a fight mid-play with a Georgia Tech defensive back, 
ended up on national television in front of God and everyone dragging this player, like horse collar dragging this player into an end zone wall head first. Uh, is this now a wrestling rivalry? Gentlemen, discuss. Yeah, actually, I'm going to think this is an MMA rivalry because the only time <laughs> the only time I've seen somebody actually grab somebody by the top of the head in real life and then see a wall or other hard object and throw them into it head first is in Boz Rutten's Survival 101 video, Fight Tactics also, in a Bar. Also, he had to drag him a long way. This was genuinely impressive. He did. So outside of wrestling, where somebody winds up and leads someone into the steel stairs at the turnbuckle, yeah, this is the closest thing I've ever seen to a real-life Boz Rutten, oh, looky what I have here moment. So obviously, as soon as I saw Holly wrote the word wrestling in the notes, um, I jotted a few notes about this rivalry that I think support the case. Uh, the nickname, of course, Clean Old Fashioned Hate. That is a really good PPV pay-per-view tagline. Preferably if you have a John Cena match, clean, right? Yeah. Uh, you have clear characters and distinct styles. You have this cerebral technician nerd from out of town against uh, these five words will not make sense in any other context than when describing the University of Georgia, a dainty country brawler prep slob. Mm-hmm. Like that's Georgia. None of that makes sense other than it's Georgia. You have... In the history books, you have a uh, an old work or shoot type situation. No one knows, knows whether it's real or not um, because they, to this day, they don't agree on how to count their games during the World Wars. Yeah. Uh, there was a late 90s screw job a la Bret Hart with the Jasper Sanks fumble. Um, there was that time Georgia Tech hit a kendo stick under the mat for the entire season by arresting their starters just so they could hit an undefeated Georgia across the back. That happened. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Reggie Ball's constant heel turns against his own tag team. Uh, <laughs> of course, Tech spends all its uh, all, all its time on its cool entrance. It's got a car. Um, mm-hmm. Georgia Georgia always wins like the TV matches, you know, like the regular the regular Tuesday night matches or whatever. But Georgia's never, you know, wins the big pay per views. Uh, Tech has actually had a title reign in my lifetime. And, of course, Paul Johnson uh, a few times hit the dogs with that Scott Steiner triple option, triple threat match. Math. <laughs> you, got, you, got, you got like a 75 and a third chance to beat Paul Johnson, dogs. Yeah. Remember, Scott Steiner also owns a Shoney's in Cobb County. Uh, he what? owns several. Yeah, he's a, he's a Shoney's magnate. His brother is on the school board. And, of course, uh, Rick's son is one of the leaders of the Kennesaw State Owls, now the winningest five-year debut program in the history of college football, might I add. Oh, go on. Hoo-de-hoo! How about that? Uh, Alabama, of course, only won seven games in its first five years. Pathetic. Laggards. Do it for the plank. The other thing from, by the way, Devil Sorry, being... wait. Are, are you telling me Bama has a history of just not wanting it enough? Hmm. Huh. I don't know. Probably. I can't imagine if your team had two losses this year. Mm. Like, you'd be Florida if you had two losses. Uh. The indignity. The shame. Well, anyway, it, I mean, Spencer, you've you've beaten Auburn. Mm, that is true. That is so wild to me. We have a transitive victory over Alabama. <laughs> ah, ah! 
Someone floated to me today after <laughs> someone looked at the uh, the bowl projections page today and said, hey, is there any case for putting Florida ahead of Bama? And I'm like, well, <laughs> it's, we have, we have I don't think it's wins. a good argument, but <laughs> we have more quality wins. There is a transitive win. And yeah. Oh, also, by also, by the way, who survived the injury to their starting quarterback and then just kept on coasting and produced the same results. We did. That's right. The secret. Florida's secret was to not need a quarterback to begin with. Yeah. You know what we needed? We needed somebody who could correctly press the A button. That's that's all. That's what Kyle Trask does. He goes, ah, I see this play. Quick reaction. Throw there. I'd love there if Rob, Rob Mullins comes out in Selection Sunday and says, well, we, we thought Florida was a better choice for the Orange Bowl because Alabama is a little bit too quarterback dependent. <laughs> <laughs> We don't think they're volatile enough on defense. <laughs> we want somebody who's going to give up 80, we want, 90, we 95 want excitement. years. We do. For entertainment value, you really can't beat giving up third and 24. <laughs> you can't. And having 12 sacks, right? Those vaunted SEC offenses, y'all. Yeah. Uh, the, what a time. I wanted to – I mentioned UVA. That would be – Team coached by beautiful Bronco Mendenhall. Bronco Mendenhall snapped a, a losing streak, a real long one, a 15-year losing streak for UVA against Virginia Tech. Bryce Perkins played his ass off. Just, just took took the whole ass, wrote his name on it, deposited it in the bank of fortune, and just saw how far it would carry him. And at the end of the day, I like almost had 500 yards of offense by himself, and they beat Virginia Tech. It was a beautiful thing. It was. It still felt dicey going into the last four minutes, but I think UVA fans probably at that point were either believing or were never going to believe. I think there's probably UVA fans who, when this game is played next year, will go, oh, no, not again. Right. Yeah, but y'all won last year. Did that happen? No, no. No, no, don't look at us. Yeah. I'm ugly. I'm hideous. Keep walking. I don't think they really even still realize what happened. And now the reward is... They get to play Clemson. <laughs> but wait, there's more. They get to play Bama. <laughs> and then they get to open next year against Georgia. Oh, God. And they got to go play Clemson again. Oh, God. <laughs> so I really, really think Virginia should just retire right now. It's not going to get any better. Just leave with the division belt right now. You know what? This is this is a this relates to a post that um, I wrote and that uh, will be pushed over the next couple of days, which is what you can do to move rivalry games around, different different or alternate ways of scheduling them or playing them. For instance, I think that there is no real need for UVA to play these games, right? Push right. it, yeah, just push it, man. Just say, hey, listen, I'll owe you one next year. And then if at any point Clemson shows up with the truck and, and everybody in it, you got to play the game. <laughs> Just hide. A, yeah, you could be in, yeah, you yeah, know. Hide under something sturdy. But yeah, if they if they espy you in public. Now remember, you can hide. You can hide the whole team, right? Like you can put board, you can nail up boards over the football facility and just chill inside with the lights off pretending no one's there. But if they come and they find you, 
you got to play the game. 3 a.m. on a Wednesday. So we're too, so too football bad. is hide and seek now. That's how we do scheduling. I actually really like this. I think it's more akin to you know sometimes legislatures get in epic fights that result in one party just leaving the state and no one knows what's happened. Yeah, this happened in Oregon. This I happened in Oregon. Ago. Yeah, the the Oregon Republican Party just left. Ever, all of the legislators just took off to like a huddle house somewhere. Oh, how terrible! <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's saying, no, you can't have a quorum. We're going to be over here at a hotel. Hard to play UVA if UVA is not there. It's true. Yeah. It's real tricky. Virginia Tech's tried. They tried <laughs> over the past 15 years. But UVA was technically there. Right? None of these were forfeits. They could have been if UVA had only considered my bold and flexible ideas for future scheduling. I think what should happen is that for those games, UVA should follow the seconds rule. It's like a duel. You have a program that is somewhat philosophically in line with your general beliefs and identity that you can tag in for games like this. And they collect the paycheck while um, they also take the beating for you. The Richmond Spiders, I think that's UVA's backup here. The no, Virginia's in a great spot here. You just go get JMU. Well, yeah, but JMU will do better. Well, then you get the win. I mean, it's True. embarrassing because <laughs> you needed backup from your little brother, but you get the win. I, I don't know if it's more embarrassing than the Richmond Spiders picking up your slack. I'm going to go with this. Yeah, take JMU. They're like, oh, man, look, that bull, that little bulldog mascot's got a pimp hat on. How bad can he be? Oh, God! <laughs> yeah, I like that second. That's a good one. I don't know who Clemson would ta- Clemson would tag in Furman, right? Clemson's Absolutely. got a lot of options in that state. There's always one of those that's pretty good. I'm going to go with Furman, right? Not App State, because I think App State is probably a little too independent at this point. Well, no. it's. I mean, that'll be like uh, UNC's choice or something like that. Yeah, but App State will decline. UNC will go, please come to my law offices and sign this. Right, yeah. And, yeah, and App State would be like, hell no, I ain't coming down. <laughs> Catch me running. <laughs> I ain't a fan. Anyone's anyone? Yeah, yeah. Duke is like App State. Please sign our contract, huh? <laughs> Do what? They ain't doing that shit. <laughs> That's uh, I'm coming straight out of college. Just sign a thing in my life. You can take that shit out. to the fancy boys at East Carolina. <laughs> That's it. Why don't you that- go talk to the Western Carolina Catamounts? See how far you get with that water, son. You take that shit dope. to the fancy school at Wofford. Yeah, the Terriers might do it. Catamounts work. I don't even know what one of them is. <laughs> By the way, I did imagine, you know, Olaf the App State mascot, you know, rapping straight out of Compton. Yosef? Yosef, that's it, yeah. Yeah, if you can get Yosef rapping straight out of Compton for me, please do. Because I think that's the, like the last rap record Yosef bought. Right. <laughs> yeah. This tape's amazing. I don't need a new one. I don't even listen. I just stop at Gangsta Gangsta and start over. It's amazing. So it's like our own version of Pete Seeger. Yeah, that's it. Just marinating out into other genres. Yeah, just Pete Seeger, but really awesome. Yosef fears fuck the police, and he's just immediately, yes, I'm on board with this. <laughs> I do these, imagine. These guys hate the government, just like me. I do imagine that moment in human history where some, like, some absolute anti-authoritarian hilljack is like, I hate the rap, and he rap. What's it? What's on this tape anyway? And he presses play and it's fuck the police. And he's like, 
I gotta reconsider everything. Don't I? <laughs> I take that. <laughs> I take it. These boys are onto something. Dr. Greg, can you tell me your thoughts on revenueers? <laughs> I usually don't trust men of science and diplomas, but Dr. Dre, tell me. <laughs> Life has been hard for him. Why does he call himself Easy E? The that gives me a segue to something Jason pointed out to me. Jason, App State. App State's uh, currently ranked higher than what team? I pointed this out. Yeah, you did. You did. You, we've we've said a lot of things this weekend. I haven't looked at the rankings. The AP rankings that we're talking about. Uh, yeah, App State's higher than Michigan. Okay. By one. By one. To That's how I learned this. Ben H for uh, is this the coaches' poll? I, I believe so. so. Let's see here. But yeah, I believe App State is higher up than Michigan in the rankings. At the uh, moment, I don't know. Uh, they they're behind in both the AP and the coaches. In my personal poll, the one in my heart, Appalachian State is ahead of Michigan. Well, yeah. No which no gives, no quarrel there. Which gives me which gives me a segue to Jim Harbaugh asked after the game in a a game that they lost 56-27. Um somebody asked about a talent gap. And Jim Harbaugh said he was not going to take any insults. And somebody was pointing out that they've lost the last two games uh, by getting doubled up humiliated and not really belonging on the same field with Ohio state. And he would take questions, but he would not take uh, insults in the form of a question. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. On the same weekend as uh, Mike Leach responded to a question about why can't you beat Washington by saying they have too many good players, basically, you know, he was saying, Oh, you guys say they have top 10 recruiting classes. So that's why we can't do it. He should be getting pretty used to having to answer for Apple Cup victories, so you'd think he would be better at it by now. Well, seven in a row? Something like that. Uh, seven, yeah. I was thinking that these these two very angry rich guys should take lessons on tranquility and that as the path to success from serene and gentlemen who broke losing streaks such mm-hmm. as the calm-minded Ed Ogeron and the, 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 the civil Bronco Mendenhall. Yeah, results speak for themselves. Yeah, I mean, the, the power of, of calm, tranquil positivity is what powered Kojo and Bronco Mendenhall. <laughs> Bronco Mendenhall, who radiates great peace and <laughs> calm at all times. Who absolutely did not coach the biggest series of nut punchers at a religious school you know it'll yeah you know it'll really sort of let some steam off and keep you on an even keel punching someone in the nuts every time you play football mm, try it yeah works yeah. for bronco mendenhall man his teams his teams do not his teams do not leave the field without reminding everyone of the eight different varieties of getting punched in the nuts the straight on the nudge the bump and then the second shocker, yeah. <laughs> the entire taxonomy of nut punches, including the full uppercut to both the balls and the dick, yeah. Wow. Bronco Mendenhall teaches it like I have I have him teaching it like like it's you know Kingsman, right? A Kingsman knows every single punch to the scrotum. 
all 23 of them as identified by our forebears and predecessors in said service. This is like day one install, right? Yeah, absolutely. Day one install. Oh, yeah. Bronco, Men- Bronco Mendenhall's manual of nut punches, right? This one just goes one goes for the left. Most people think you're trying to get both of them, but we want them to know we're coming from every angle. They're going to have to cover all of them. This is why he still has an overhead projector, because he's uh, he's never put this book online for fear of having his methods stolen. Mm-hmm. They'll be at Virginia Tech like three or four years in a row now. And at the end of the fourth year, Justin Fuente will say, I just can't tell you how much my balls hurt. I don't even play. But my balls hurt for my boys out there. Because <laughs> they've been punching their boys for four years straight by UVA. Or Ed Ogeron. I really enjoy Ed Ogeron as, as some sort of Zen priest, as someone of great spiritual calm. Yeah. Yeah. And he does live next to a river. You've got to listen to a flow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you... some some uh some Sherpas atop the, the hill of serenity are loud. <laughs> they're, they're the ones who start avalanches when they're climbing. <laughs> <laughs> Pound it out <laughs> uh, uh can we circle back to the egg bowl real quick? Oh please! At any t- at, at any time, yes. After all, an egg is an ellipse. <laughs> so I wanted to mention how, so a guy pretended to pee, and that cost Ole Miss the game. That alone is hilarious, but th- it had even more serious ramifications than that. Um, I mean, for one, Matt Luke is gone, and do right, we really think before that? Do we really think that if Matt Luke had won the Egg Bowl and knocked Mississippi State out of a bowl game that they would have fired him Absolutely. three days later? <clears throat> the other coaching ramification is Joe Moorhead is not gone. <laughs> and coincidentally, a day or two later, Rutgers finally hires a coach. Uh, and I love that the uh, Steve Robertson, the tweet, uh, Mississippi State administration is pleased with the level of effort by coaches and players in the win over Ole Miss. What a way to put it. I mean, sure, they tried hard to uh, to to hand the victory to Mississippi State, as did Ole Miss. Um, Ole Miss, an Ole Miss guy pretending to pee on Mississippi State's field made Ole Miss six figures in SEC bowl payout money, which they can because Mississippi State is going to a bowl. Um, and a 14th of that money will go to Ole Miss. Ole Miss can now use that money to pay a small part of Matt Luke's massive buyout. Uh, we also have Joe Moorhead is going to get something like a $75,000 bowl bonus, all because a guy pretended to pee. Um, the story coming in was whether Ole Miss could poss- with a win could possibly make a bowl due to having a really good APR score, which I love. Like Ole Miss is going to make it because they're so smart. Um, and then <laughs> classic, cl- classic old misbranding there. They demonstrated a higher level of intelligence at the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> the moment after the game, did you see Joe Moorhead's press conference when no. he has the egg bowl? Okay. There's video of this. Joe Moorhead has the egg bowl trophy on the desk and he is kicked back in his chair. And I don't remember if his feet were on the table in the video, but it felt like the the feet of his attitude were on the table, right? He's laying back. He's feeling very good about himself, despite the fact that they were immensely disappointing at times this year and had a 6-6 six and six record to finish 
and become just barely bowl eligible. Joe Moorhead, after all of this, after a game where his team needed, absolutely required Ole Miss to do something both flagrantly stupid and absolutely brilliant in order for Mississippi State to pull this game out, a reporter asked him a question from the side of the room between uh, him and the trophy. And he goes, yeah, you'll have to speak up. I can't see you over this trophy. And he sticks his head up, like looking over it, like the money too tall. I can't see over this egg bowl trophy. You'll have to speak up because I have a great brass egg between me and you. It is quite an obstruction. It is a fair... That's probably the nicest thing I can say about its design. <laughs> it can really get in the way. So it sounds like the lesson that we're taking from this is be careful where and when you choose to mime a bathroom break, a bathroom break, because that leg lifting was as the wings of a butterfly flapping and altering events around the globe. <laughs> That's the wings of a, of a, of a great jowly butterfly named Bully. Butterfly. What do we do? We put butterfly wings on a bulldog. That's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard of. Like the life. wings of a land shark. Yeah, that was... <laughs> I love this game so much. Please. <laughs> I mean, there's really only two. Th- there's really only one thing that I think could really save us from the future derangement of egg bowls. They should have destroyed the trophy when they won it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, like, burning it's too powerful. That is, yeah, just yeah, like with rocks, not with any proper implements, right? No. But just smashing not it, melting with... it. No, man, they got to take it up and cast it into a volcano somewhere. Yeah, I, I love the idea. Like, they don't involve fire at all. They just start punching it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just crush it. Sand this. Nobody, nobody enjoys this. Everyone hates it. <laughs> it benefits no one. This idolatry has cost us our soul. <laughs> I think we should cancel every other game. <laughs> Just do this. Just do this every Thanksgiving, and that is football. <laughs> or this. It's Just fine. This. Egg Bowl. Clock expires. Mississippi State retains title. Two players grab it, sprint to the end zone, right? Um, hand it to somebody on a cart. They take that cart up the hill, immediately load it onto a rocket, poised, gassed up, and hissing at the top of the hill overlooking the stadium, and that bitch blasts off to Jupiter. Right? At which point, by the way, once the uh, once the latches seal shut on the rocket, it becomes legal to attempt to shoot the rocket. <laughs> this is, we, we just created the biathlon, the Thanksgiving biathlon. Hail! And then 12 months later, on Thanksgiving morning, look up in the sky, what do you see? <laughs> Jupiter rejected the Egg Bowl trophy. <laughs> it's coming hurtling back toward it's us. coming right Flash time! <laughs> well, let's suit up. <laughs> we got to play a football game to see who's getting rid of this thing again. Let's see God if Saturn damn. wants it. It's Farmageddon. No, for real. It's Farmageddon. Thing's going to kill us. It's heading us. We put it Ar- up there. Arm- Armageddon. Armageddon. The other thing about... The other thing about rivalry games this weekend, I Matt Luke got fired. Matt Luke. <laughs> so a guy, a guy pretended to didn't even really pee, and Matt Luke got fired. Imagine yeah. if he actually peed. 
Oh yeah, they like fire Matt he, Luke on the spot. I think maybe if he'd actually peed though, you could do that all the time, right? Like if he had just sat in the end zone and peed himself, people would go, "I got a condition." Yeah, maybe he's just got a small bladder. Alex made this argument in the newsletter, and so yeah. you had a counter, but. Yeah, I, I guess I see it both ways, and I think we'll need to try it in next year's Egg Bowl to find out for sure. Yeah, it's the only way to know. Yeah. But, you know, it's not an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty to shit yourself. Right. It's not, you know. almost does that all the time. Yeah, like Elijah could have sat there and after scoring, paused, made the grumpy face, <laughs> and actually, you know, filled his drawers <laughs> In the end zone. Where, where is this going? And it wouldn't have gotten 15 <laughs> yards, right? Oh, everyone everyone point. would have just said, oh, that's disgusting. Oh, he had too much turkey. Yeah. <laughs> he makes like the satisfied farting baby face and the refs are just like, oh, that's cute. It's called the egg bowl, not the egg bowl, guys. Keep it moving. <laughs> that was, Now I have the most dominant move in any rivalry to come, right? Somebody's <laughs> like, hold on. What are you doing? Oh, I'm pooping this end zone. No, no, don't drop your pants. I dropped no, them. we just got people to stop putting their ashes here. Man, God. You Mississippi State, please go shit on Ole Miss's field next Thanksgiving. <laughs> this, is, this is, by the way, what we do is that that the Iron Bowl in, you know, four years from now when Saban and Malzahn are still somehow playing each other. I thought it was very unfair of him to send out the punter the great with the poopy pants. Saban can never retire. I know. Why did they put the wide receiver standing next to me with his poopy pants? I thought that was very unfair. I'll show him. I'll have I'll have the I'll have the kicker lead block his defensive tackle. I'll show him. I thought the way he he rested his elbow on top of my head was impertinent. Because mm. you're tiny. The he said it. Spencer Hall said it. Yeah, I do think there's another thing in rivalry weekend that um, that when you're talking about want to right there's one team there's one team that just wanted it i think a little bit more <laughs> oh, yeah! Yeah! what the fuck was that the bucks jason you couldn't hear this last time Woo! no no i heard it. parts of it it just sounded like spencer went outside or something that's right 56 points Oh, that ass. I hate you so much. We got theme songs. You ain't a program if you ain't got a theme song. Y'all sing. Sweet Caroline. That's not even yours. That's the Red Sox. Wrong sport. The Bucks. Uh, you've done this so many times now that the full cat doesn't even move from his spot on the ottoman. He just kind of wiggles his ears in disgust. So you're saying that he just sits there and does nothing? Right? Hmm. You know hmm. who that reminds me of? Not the Bucks! <laughs> That's Michigan! <laughs> just sad! Just laying there letting Justin Fields run! J.K. Dobbins! He's like three of you! Another three of you! He's like nine! Nine Wolverines! Except y'all... Y'all lost! Yeah, I, um... It always hurts after I do that. Good, good. Always. This is, like, one of my favorite things from Saturday is Justin Fields, (laughs) an online college student who just got there, like, four months ago from the noted 
a Columbus, Ohio stronghold of Kennesaw, Georgia, shows up, whoops Michigan's ass, and declares, I think they just don't care enough. <laughs> like, based in my 60 minutes of my entire life spent around these people, I've concluded mm, they just don't care very much. <laughs> He's a quick study because, honest, I mean, if if they really cared, they'd be better. I guess. I love this because Jim Harbaugh is the man who cares the most. <laughs> no one cares more about Ohio State, Michigan than Jim Harbaugh. And now he has to care even more because this quarterback who just showed up apparently already cares more than him. Jim Harbaugh is going to actually go insane. He's actually going to lose his mind over this. I'm really asking, what's that even going to look like? I, 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 maybe he takes How his pants off know? instead of his shirt. Mm. Yeah, just standing there in his droopy tidy whities because he is a droopy tidy whities guy. Sure, he. I, I think I don't think he's bought new drawers since like nineteen eighty nine, probably. He just bought like a thousand oh. of them at once. Yeah, well, you know that's. He strikes me as a man who buys his underwear at CVS. <laughs> I think he just buys pallets and pallets of it. Mm. Well, you know, I mean. He really should buy some new underwear. You want to know why? Spencer. He needs a change. Because he's shadow. Whole team sold themselves with the bucks. Yeah. Yeah. This is why Ohio State hands out gold pants. That's that's right. <laughs> um, I, I don't like Ohio State's awesome. And I don't even think this is – I think the Penn State game is definitely more indicative of what they would do in an actual difficult situation against a team that was close. Right now they're not – this is not a this is not a rivalry where the two teams even take the same field or play the same sport. It's not. Some of those – some of those J.K. Dobbins runs were just not – like even Deerdorf and Brands Tatter, who we were listening to on play-by-play, they weren't even bitter – they're just like, they're good. Man, these guys are awesome. <laughs> Look at that. They're like, I, I know of a kid who locally, like he's a friend of my son's and he plays on a team with Elton Brand's kid. And when Elton Brand's kid starts playing basketball, everyone else doesn't even defend him. They just kind of run with him going, you are so good at this. You are awesome. Can you dunk? Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's what Michigan should just do. They should just enable I should just run with them and go, yeah, I don't know. You guys are, you guys are awesome. Completely awesome. Just tell everyone like, yeah, I know Ohio state. I know him. Yeah. We, um, we text. I mean, I text him. I like his, we're back to the second lion in, in the last battle. Us lions. Us lions. Me and Ohio state. Isn't that right? Spike. Isn't that right? Yeah. They, uh, they think about us a lot. They even said so. Yeah. It's, 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 it's cool. We, we hang out, um, We've hung out for hours before. We spend every Thanksgiving together. And uh, we have a really good, or they have a really good time, and we're also there. Yeah. What really sucks about this, by the way, is that prior to this game, Michigan Michigan has been playing beautifully. They've been clean. They've gotten a lot better. And then they go in with all of the optimism and momentum and rhythm in the world, and it just doesn't matter. Because, you know, death comes for us all, but it comes for Michigan every year. On the dot. <laughs> uh, I, I would rather 
cue up Holly here and talk about something less depressing and something absolutely wonderful. Um, because the Kentucky Wildcats did something truly magnificent this weekend. Why don't you pull up uh, the stat line in question mm-hmm. while I start to get into the mood? Because, folks, this this year has made has made profits and fools of us all, like each college football season does. And uh, this will always be the year that that a few different things happen. That a number of us developed uh, genuine emotional affection for teams like Indiana. Uh, That's eight win Indiana. Eight Windiana. Eight Windiana. And that at least two of us on this call developed real, uh, real and genuine and fairly deep affection for the Kentucky Wildcats football program. We have talked about Lynn Bowden before uh, on this show and what a marvel he is. Uh, That's my people's Heisman right there. I know we're. We're not told by the people Heisman trust the, to make our ballots public, but uh, he's absolutely mine. And he capped off this season by leading a Kentucky team in a 500-yard rushing effort played entirely in a hailstorm of frozen carpet tacks. Did it. And also played, uh, it's not the Wildcat if you run it every down. That's your offense. It's not the Wildcat if you are the Wildcats. Yeah, it's not the Wildcat if you're Kentucky. Uh, Spencer, you want to go ahead and read off the rushing stats for Kentucky? Yeah, sure, because Lynn Bowden Jr. had 22 carries for 284 yards. That seems like a lot. Yeah, he also had four TDs. That's a lot. Interesting. Christopher Rodriguez Jr. had nine carries. Um, he actually averaged more per carry because he had 125 yards in a, in a score off that. And the only reason this came up was because we were watching people laugh uh, at how Kentucky was three quarters of the way through a game and had attempted one pass. Y'all weren't looking at this game long enough to see the weather. It was raining teeth. It was raining tiny little ice langoliers. Uh, and everyone looked absolutely miserable. And, uh, you know, it's not like Louisville is a bad team. They actually, I think, are well ahead of schedule for where anybody had them in Scott Satterfield's first year. They have been at times a joy to watch they also threw the ball 19 times and ran it 51 that's pretty much what you should do in the middle of a monsoon uh that you know somebody put in the fridge for a couple hours uh but you know what kentucky thought that was a bit rash because lynn bowden was the qb lynn bowden passed twice for four yards and with that kentucky still won 45 13 absolutely destroyed them a work of art by the seven and five kentucky wildcats lords of the music city bowl take your birthright go to the shores of the cumberland and let lynn bowden sanctify the waters of the cumberland river by jumping into it with the trophy because they're gonna beat the crap out of whoever they face the music city bowl because that that's their house they're going to defend it. What if they have to face your beloved Indiana? They're, they're, they're still, still going to win. win. Yeah. 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 And, and then, then they're, they're going to go to like, the rules. then they're going to go to like Florida, Georgia Lions theme restaurant or something. Right. Is, is that real? It is real. Fuck. 
just like Kid Rock's restaurant and bar is real. I already knew about that. That's bad. That's where both fans, fan bases will go and like, what, what am I doing? I like cheek beers and problematic opinions. So that's real and people are still trying to tell us Nashville's better than Memphis. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's this very is damning real. evidence. Yeah. I can name a number of things that, that Nashville has, which strictly by measure of them existing makes Memphis the better city. Sure. Yeah. I also have uh, this. There's a note in here that says Mizzou hire coach brick. You cowards. Yep. <laughs> Mizzou's uh, interim coach now is brick, which I, I'm not sure if I was on the episode when this was floated. I think it was an, a Ryan idea that they yeah. make Brick Haley the interim coach, which they did, of course, because they listened to the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think now that now, now that he's got the job, why would you not let him keep it? His name is Coach Brick. So the That's, choice is yeah. simple. We build our program brick by brick. I'm nope. the first one. We, pu- we, we build our it. program brick. One brick. Hire another one. Me, would, Coach Brick. I'd also like at this time to elevate... Uh, an earlier comment by Jason uh, in our office today that the Mizzou job is probably better than the Arkansas job on account of you get to play Arkansas. It's true. This came from uh, Bud mentioned that he would probably take the Mizzou job over the Arkansas job because you don't have to play Bama or LSU. And like, shit, if you're Mizzou, not only all that, but you also get to play Arkansas. I think also, as soon as you walk in the door, you start doing the, oh, we're going to, you know, tradition this, and I've always loved this university, that, and I love the the columns and, you know, putting Zs in words that don't have Zs, and oh, uh, Jeremy Macklin, I had posters of that guy on my, and all that shit, and then you say, like, the Kansas Jayhawks, we're going to restore that rivalry. We're going to play Kansas. We're going to play Kansas every year in football. I want to play the Kansas Jayhawks in football as often as possible. Twice a year, four times a year. As soon let's, as I walk, as soon as I walk in, I'm restoring that. Let's just cancel everything else and just do this. We will play Kansas twelve times a year, and that's how Mizzou is going nine and three. I like to put the point about putting Z's in unnecessary things because what I is this going to lead into another Buckeyes musical number? No, oh, I, I thought we were have... going to talk Zaxby's again. No, that's natural. Natural sponsorship just sitting there, right? Like it's it's totally waiting there for Mizzou, but they don't. But I would just do it in order to slip profanities into my press conference without anyone being able to complain, mm-hmm. right? Thought we played a real jitty game, just pure jit. Uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Not your best, buddy. We'll workshop it, just like Mizzou football. Mizzou football. We'll workshop it. 